welcome back to Brailcast Extra, where this week we're getting into the Christmas spirit. It's a recording of a session which took place on Tuesday the 7th of December 2021, entitled Drawing Pictures with your Perkins Brailer. It's introduced by Dave Williams. Good evening and a very warm welcome back to the Brailists Foundation. I'm Dave Williams, Chair of the Brailists Foundation. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome you all to our session this evening, a masterclass on drawing pictures with your Perkins, with Kim Charlson, who is the executive director of the Library at Perkins. Uh, Kim has literally written the book, uh, Drawing with Your Perkins, that includes step-by-step instructions for drawing all sorts of things, including animals and shapes. And tonight, I understand that Kim is going to show us all how we can draw some festive images with our Perkins Brailers. So do grab your Perkins, grab some blank paper, and uh, kick back and enjoy this session. Drawing with Your Perkins, Kim Charlson, welcome. Thank you, Dave. I'm delighted to be here. And when I received the invite to come from Matthew, I said, you know, I've never done drawing with your Perkins Brailler via Zoom. So this is a first for me, a first virtual um, seminar on drawing with your Perkins Brailers. And you guys are the ones that did it. So that's really terrific. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have some fun. But um, I just want to give you a little background about um, myself. And David mentioned I'm the executive director of the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library, which is the equivalent of like a public library for people. Um, I serve primarily the state of Massachusetts, and I serve about 24,000 people who with library services, and we also provide Braille services for Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Washington, DC. So we're sort of a regional braille distribution center as well for um, the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. And I've been the director for 20 years and just had a lot of great opportunities to promote Um, obviously literacy and information access, which I'm pretty passionate about as far as accessibility and technology. So my staff, we spend a lot of time, you know, making sure that we're on the cutting edge as well as providing the things that that patrons want to read every day. So that's access to hard copy Braille. And we're just about to launch a program where for um, a Braille e-reader with the, um, the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. So we're very excited. I've, I've wanted to see a refreshable Braille device in our library service program for a long time. And so now it's about to happen for our patrons. We've had a, a talking book player for decades, but we couldn't crack that, that nut as far as it went with getting an affordable braille display and it's now managed to become a reality. So very excited to be rolling that out for braille readers in our service area. So some of you may also know that I'm very involved in advocacy work. um, Well, sort of primarily in the United States um, and I'll explain that in a second but um, I am the immediate past president of the American Council of the Blind, which is one of the US um, 
consumer advocacy organizations, a membership organization. And I served as president for six years, and now I'm immediate past, which seems to keep me almost as busy as being president was. So um, I do a lot of advocacy work and represented um, the American Council of the Blind and now the Perkins School for the Blind on the Braille Authority of North America, which is the standard setting body for Braille in the United States and Canada. I I further, um, most recently in April of this year, was elected as president of the North American Caribbean region of the World Blind Union. So that's one of the regional um, union uh, regions of the World Blind Union, like the European Braille Union. And uh, I have been working in that role for about a half a year now. And the issues are different. Um, sometimes the same, but it's a very different advocacy arena for me. And, um, you know, I'm learning new things every day from a lot of amazing people in the international blindness um, world through the World Blind Union. So pulling all those things together, how did I come about to draw, to write a book about drawing with your Perkins Brailler? And I have um, been a Braille reader since I was a young child, about um, 10 years old. I started learning Braille. I lost most of my vision from juvenile glaucoma at around age 11. So at that time, the, the treatments were not very successful. And my parents were alerted ahead of time by my ophthalmologist that I probably would end up losing my vision and that they should think about getting me the special training I needed so I could learn to read and do what a blind kid does, which I have to say, thank my lucky stars that I had an ophthalmologist that told my parents to get started right away rather than wait until it happens because I've seen that happen so often. Well, you don't need to worry about it right now. It probably won't happen. Um, and then it's always so much easier to learn before you need to pick it up. So I actually learned when I had a lot of usable vision, how to read braille. And I had most usable vision until age 10. So I have a lot of visual memories and I think that helped in coming up with the concept of drawing using braille. But I have to give credit where credit is due with respect to inspiring me to, uh, to want to create Braille drawings. And uh, there were two women that I dedicate my book to. One of them I never met, but she had a profound impact on me. And that was a woman named Marie Porter, who wrote a book probably in the early 60s called So What About Drawing? And it was a book about using Braille to draw pictures. So as far as I can tell, you know, some people have been doing this for a long, long time, but I think she was probably the first to ever come up with a, a compilation that could be published. That book is no longer available in, in um, an accessible format. I think it's available on the web as a PDF file, but um, I give her a lot of credit for inspiring me the other person that inspired me was my sixth grade teacher. I went to the Oregon School for the Blind from fourth grade until ninth grade. And then I went to public high school and on to college and university. So 
my sixth grade teacher was um, a woman who was blind and she was very involved in advocacy and a lot of other things too. And I think she was a pretty significant role model for me um, in, in wanting to be involved and to make things better for other blind people and to reach out and just do things. And don't, don't accept being told you can't do something because you're blind. So that was instilled in me at a very early age. And I think it reflects my commitment to advocacy and consumerism as well, that, that I just believe that people should have an opportunity and a chance to do what they want and to learn what they need to learn and to have a job and have access to websites and on and on and on. There's all kinds of different things. So, so it was really through Carol McCarl, my, my sixth grade teacher, um, who also introduced our class to the concept of drawing with your Perkins Brailler and making pictures. And I have to say that the first one that I, that I know most people who have had any experience with using Braille as a way to create art or draw um, have had some experience drawing a Christmas tree. And that is what we're going to do today um, when we get to that point. So I hope all of you who have one have, have your Perkins Brailler in front of you and have some paper with you because in a few minutes we are going to do this drawing of a, of a Christmas tree together. So when I learned as a child to, um, to make a Christmas tree using Braille, we used the full cell as our, um, our, our dots. So full cell being dots one, two, three, four, five, six. And we made the Christmas tree from that. So my drawing is a little different and we're gonna experience that shortly, but that may be some of the experience that some of you have had because that was, I believe the drawing that I was first introduced to and that uh, Marie Porter had um, for her Christmas tree. But I just wanna take a second to talk about some of the concepts in the book. Um, so my book, I often relate my book to being like, you know, paint by the numbers. Um, this is kind of like braille by the numbers because there are very meticulous step-by-step, line-by-line directions for what you are supposed to do. And if you follow those directions exactly to the letter, you should end up with a picture a what I would call a line drawing of something that you could show to someone sighted and they would say, oh, look, it's a kitty cat or it's a dog. Uh, and those pictures are in my book, Drawing with Your Perkins Brailler. There's some concepts in Drawing with Your Perkins Brailler that, that I have demonstrated. The book starts out quite simply by just giving you some concepts with basic shapes, because there's so many varying skill sets about what some people would call tactile graphics and shapes and line drawings and that sort of thing. So I start out with um, just talking about shapes and making small ones and then making bigger ones, for example. So one of my favorites is a two cell symbol for making a square in Braille. I call it an Andy because it's the A-N-D sign, which is dots one, two, three, four, six. And then the next cell is a Y 
dots one, three, four, five, six. So when they're up against each other, they look like a little tiny square. And sometimes when I'm brailing um, at our library, we're producing a form or a questionnaire and we want people to check a checkbox. Um, I'll put I'll put little Andes in there instead of that um, three, six, three, six, three, six line that you get to mark on sometimes because I, it simulates a, a little box that you're supposed to put a check mark in. So it, it makes it easy for people to find it, mark in it and do that. So there are um, several other things just, you know, I in on the cover of my book, um, the Braille cover has um, the title page has a border. And I have to say that the British are have in the past used the um, the OW and the O symbol next to each other. OW is two, four, six, and O is one, three, five. And when you put those two characters next to each other, they, they kind of make a, a symbol that looks a little bit like a four-pointed star. You could describe it. And in, in British Braille books, I remember as a kid from RNIB, they would use that symbol as a border going all the way across. And then one of those symbols, you know, going down the two, the two symbols down the, the, the left-hand margin, down the right-hand margin and across the bottom. And then your information about your book was in between. So it was like a picture frame or something like that, a border around the Braille text. And I have always been interested in making Braille aesthetically pleasing that the layout on the page means a lot to a braille reader, that having white space is okay. You don't have to fill every single piece of braille paper with dots all over it. Sometimes having a blank space can really be helpful in skimming, scanning down a page where you're looking for a piece of information. So formatting is also a tool that can be used for, you know, making Braille more aesthetic, more pleasing, easier to use. I also illustrate um, concepts like um, perspective, which is often very challenging to convey to, to, um, to people who have been blind for a long time. So, and that might be like a shadow or an animal there. There's a picture in my book of an elephant and the elephant is standing, it's a side profile view, and his, he's facing off to the left with the, his trunk up, and, um, and you see all four legs, but the ones that are in the back are not as big as the ones that are in the front. And that's what somebody who would be looking at a picture would see. All the legs are not going to appear in a profile like that or in a landscape um, picture, as the same size, that's perspective. And that's covered in my book as well. So what I've always said is that using drawing with your Perkins Brailler as a mechanism to teach children or adults, it gives you something that isn't um, A, B, C, D, E, but yet you're learning your characters and people who can see a value to it. Most of the pictures in my book are full-size pages, and the frilly Christmas tree, which is what we're going to make in a few minutes, um, 
is also a full size page in the book. But the, the handout that I prepared for, um, for this session this evening is, um, gives you all the directions line by line. So you could make your tree smaller and make a Christmas card with it and have the tree be on the front. So you don't have to do it full size page, fill up 15 or 16 lines. You can make it shorter and you're gonna see how that will happen in just a couple seconds here because we're gonna get started. So I wanna make sure we also have time for some questions at the end. So if you all have your Perkins Brailler ready with the paper in, I think we're going to get started with drawing our Christmas tree, our frilly Christmas tree. Now, because we're all muted, um, I am going to provide the sound effects for um, what you all hopefully will be doing as we move along. So the first thing you all wanna have ready is you wanna have rolled your paper in and you wanna click down two lines so the paper's level with the top edge of the brailler. So just give it a little, a little top space there. And in the, in the beginning of all of the pictures in my book, and I, and I should tell you that the step-by-step, line-by-line directions are included, but I was also very adamant that I wanted to include the actual Braille drawing because, you know, sighted people have the print equivalent in their books if they want to see what the picture is supposed to look like. So I really wanted the Braille drawing to be there too, so that Braille readers could have the same kind of experience. So, um, so those are included and the directions before the directions to make the drawing in, in each case in my book, it tells you, you know, what size paper. And, and I was a little puzzled because I remembered that in, um, in England, you use A4 paper, which is just a smidge um, smaller than the eight and a half by 11 inch paper we use in the US, but it's pretty significant, it's insignificant really the difference, less than I would say a quarter to a half of an inch. So I didn't have to adjust the, the drawings at all, I believe to make sure that they would fit. So. The, the, the full scale Christmas tree, if we do all the lines, and I think I'm really only going to do maybe about half of them, and then show you how to finish it off at the bottom, um, it would be 16 lines. But we're probably just going to do um, some of the, the beginning, and then we'll finish off our Christmas tree, and then we'll open it up for questions. So having said all that, I'm gonna to turn to my Perkins Brailler and I'm going to do the first line of the drawing. And we're gonna take it incrementally. So the first thing we're doing, and this slide's probably the hardest, is first you space 14 times. Um, and we're gonna move into the middle of the page. So let's go ahead and space 14 times. Right, so you get the sound effects from me, but I'm thinking of opening it up in a few minutes to let somebody join me so we can hear it together. So after spacing 14 times, you will write the character, which is dots three, four, five. That's the AR sign. 
and you will do that once. Then I have to turn the page in my directions here. You write the character, which is one, two, six, which is the GH sign. So go ahead and do that. And that's the end of the line. So we're gonna click down to a new line, return the carriage back and line two. So I don't think that was too taxing. Line two, we're going to space 13 times. All right, so 13 times we did that. Just now to let you know, Kim, uh, uh -huh. Zoom is trying to be clever. And uh, once you've done your first couple of spaces, then it's it's it, ducking your audio. It so doesn't duck me out. Oh, OK. <laughs> so if anybody's <laughs> trying to count the key presses, uh, do your own counting rather than trying to count along Absolutely. with Kim. Yes. So uh, Zoom is is uh, preempting me a little bit. Um, and maybe if um, I, I would definitely be curious if you uh, unmuted and did it along with me if we can hear you or not, or if it does the same thing. Yeah, so, um, well, I'll stay unmuted. I've got my uh, my AR sign and my my GH sign oh, on the first line okay. in, in 14 right, and 15. We're about, yeah. we're about to do um, the second line. So that would be writing um, two AR signs, dots three, four, five. So we're gonna do that. Yep. Perfect, I heard you. And then we're going to write two GH signs, one, two, six. All right, end of line and go back to the return your carriage. I'm doing line. this on the back of the shopping list, so this better be good, Kim. <laughs> line three, space 12 times. All right, so 12 times, and we are going to write three AR signs and three GH signs, one, two, six, and go to the new line. Now you probably see a bit of a pattern here. Yep. This space 11 times. Okay. And we're going to write four AR signs and four GH signs, one, two, six, and go to the next line. And on this line, line five, we space 10 times. And we're going to do five AR signs and then five GH signs, one, two, six. So we are building our Christmas tree. Go to the new line, return your carriage. And this is line six of our drawing. So we're gonna space nine times. And we're going to do um, six. We space nine times and we do six AR signs. And then six GH signs. All right, we have a pretty good small Christmas tree here. Maybe we'll do one more line, which would be space eight times. And we're gonna do seven AR signs. And we're gonna do seven GH signs. All right, because now 
go down to the next line. And what I want to do is do the finishing touch. And I'm going to move my, um, my papers and my brailler around so I can follow the instructions correctly to get to um, the line because I'm skipping in order to make sure we have enough time. Uh, that is very neat. I now have, you know, a, a, a approximately a, triangular shape. Um, it's a triangle. It is. Yeah. yeah. And a nice, a nice pattern, you know, when you start it moving is. your finger across the diagonals and, and things like that, you, you really do get a nice uh, pattern there going on. So yeah, aesthetically very interesting. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And all right, so I'm going to drop down to line 15 of the drawing. And what we're going to do here, this is a little different. So this is more like what the rest of my drawings are like, because there's multiple instructions. We're, we're making the, the bottom, the frilly bottom and the trunk of the tree now. So we get a little um, movement now. So we're gonna space eight times, um, make sure this, yeah, this is the right line. Okay, so we're gonna space eight times. So we're, we're directly below the first of the AR signs in the previous exactly. line. Exactly. Okay, uh -huh. so somebody's writing that they only know grade one and yep. they're a little bit lost. So should we just repeat the um, the dot combinations for the yes. AR and the GH? Right, Kim? we've only used two characters so far and, and the dot combinations. We've used the AR sign for the left side of the tree and the AR sign is dot three, four, five. And then we're using the GH sign, which is dots one, two, six. So that is the only character we're using at this point to do the different steps in the, in, and in my book, I do refer to them as AR sign or GH sign, but I always include in the first line of the directions, if the symbol appears for the first time, I give the dot numbers, you know, dot one, two, three, or whatever it is. So that um, people who don't know contractions can can use these drawings and follow these drawings if they know the braille patterns of dot one, two, three, four, five, six. So we've, um, to do this line, we've spaced eight times and we are doing six AR signs. So that's dots three, four, five. We're gonna do that six times. Okay, so we did that. Um, six times, then we write dots four, five, six, one time. Okay, so, and we, we just did that one time. And then we write dots one, two, three, which is the letter L one time. And then we do six of our GH signs, one, two, three, six. One, two, six. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> I was counting at the same time. So <laughs> one, two, six. And you do it six times. And go to the next line. And this is the last line of the drawing. We space 13 times. So we should be, and I'll just double check. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, so we're we're slightly we're 
<laughs> I don't know how to explain that other than just to say, okay, make sure you use space 13 times. So I'm and under the fifth um, AR sign from the previous line, yeah. if that helps. So it's 13 times over and you're going to write a full cell four times. So and that, that represents the, um, the trunk or the stand of your Christmas tree. Um, and that is the bottom of the drawing. So see how that, those full cells at the bottom, they kind of, the, the, in the second to the last line, when we did dots four, five, six, and the L dots one, two, three, that symbolizes the trunk of the tree. And then this, this drawing, the full cells um, are the, the tree stand that it would be standing in. So you have a short tree here. The, the drawing in the handout that you can get from the Braillists um, is the full size, it goes down the full page, but the smaller one you could use on a Christmas card or something like that. And it gives a really nice frilly Christmas tree effect. So David, thank you for being kind of the, the audio sound a little bit for, um, so we could hear it a little better that someone brailing. And I'm happy to, um, to start taking some questions if you'd like, so I can, and we can talk about the other drawings in the book as well. Thank you, Kim. We've had some great feedback in the chat already, uh, particularly around the, the Andes. Um, lots of lots of people commenting about uh, how that's uh, quite a nifty, nifty way of uh, representing a, a square. So we're going to go to Daniel first. And uh, Daniel, I'm very, are... very happy to be here. Yes. Hello, Daniel. Yeah. So I've, I've actually been drawing with the Perkins Brailler for, well, I could say probably 18, 19 years already since I was, you know, yeah, probably in grade school, about fourth grade. And I've been doing these sorts of images before, maybe not exactly this Christmas tree drawing, but I think it's, it's wonderful. And uh, I see the shape of it. And I think one of the things I, that's occurred to me over the years, like I, I've actually been able to draw it uh, from very basic to extremely uh, advanced uh, images, even maps and, and, and filling in spaces between lines and the like. That's great. The, uh, my book does, it, it kind of starts really easy and the drawings do get a lot more complex as you go through them. Um, there's a whole section on animals and they're really pretty detailed. There's one of a bird sitting on a branch and you know you could tell the beak, you can tell the tail is hanging down off the branch. Um, there's the elephant I mentioned. Um, in the transportation section, there is a school bus with the wheels and wheels are creative. Anything round is a little challenging to create on the Perkins yeah, Brailler because definitely. it doesn't quite do it. No. Um, so the way I did the wheels was I, I made them sort of flat on the bottom because you know, if the, if the vehicle was, you know, parked, it would, the wheels kind of, you know, they're not flat because that would denote a flat tire, which we don't certainly don't want to show, but um, you have yeah. to, you have to stretch things a little bit, you know, as far as, as round goes, because it really is kind of hard to do that with, with the configuration of the cells and the way they're laid out. But there are so many things you can do. Um, 
there's a sailboat, for example, in the book, and it's, um, I show the sailboat, but then I also show the water um, is a different, it's a different symbol. So it shows you that the, the sailboat is in the water. So you can even tell that the bottom part of the sailboat is below the water line and you see the water line. I actually used the same symbols we were brailing for the Christmas tree to denote water in the book um, to show the water on either side of the sailboat. So it's a question in the chat. How would you compare um, drawing with a Perkins versus drawing with a full page slate and stylus? Well, I certainly would say it's easier. Anyone who's, who's doing full cell slate and stylus, um, I commend them immensely because that's a lot of work. Um, and I guess it just throws that one more permutation in there about how you have to really, you know, know your characters and you really use them differently because of using a slate and stylus. So I, I think it would be a major brain twist, but (laughs) it's doable. It would just be really hard. Definitely. Um, And so it, I was going to say, um, especially for Daniel or anyone else, that um, Perkins, you know, published my book, and there is a, a place on the Perkins website where we encourage people to send in drawings, or there are several of them posted that people have contributed of their own drawings. Um, so that's available. If anyone has a drawing and they have the step-by-step directions for such drawing, um, and they'd like to have it be placed on our Perkins Braille Drawings page, um, I would be happy to have you send me that information via email. And again, my contact information is on the handout, and I can give that at the end of uh, today's session if, um, if that's what's usually done so people can contact me. Great. Well, we're going to come to Anja in a moment or two. Thank you for that, Daniel. And thank you to Ed, who asked that question in the chat. Some uh, great questions and some uh, great answers coming already. Going to come to Anja now. And after Anja, we're going to come to Terri-Ann. Uh, Anja, you are now unmuted. Hello. <clears throat> I'm also very happy um, <clears throat> to be here this evening <clears throat> and to learn so much Um from Kim, I'm Anja from Germany, and I'm currently coordinating a wonderful project um, with Braille drawings here in Germany. Um, we are a small uh, nonprofit organization, and we usually do completely different things. And during the first lockdown here in Germany, um, someone, um, one of our blind members, um, got the instructions for. Um, a braille drawing and then we tried it out and we really liked it and we wanted to do something good while we couldn't go to schools and walk, uh, work with uh, children uh, personally so we decided um, to um, ask that person we, we had uh, we got that braille drawing in English so we asked that person whether um, she had more and whether um, we could translate um, her instructions into German and into, well, our German um, system. And um, she said yes and sent us um, lots of uh, drawings. And um, 
we got funding for a project um, that will run until February and um, we can publish um, drawings on our website um, every month. And now in the end, we, we didn't have to translate um, uh, drawings from English, but um, we found a few people who created their own one for, our, for us. So our drawings are, um, uh, most of them are smaller, so they, um, they are good for postcards. Um, mm -hmm. And we are really, we would be very happy to share them. Uh, but the problem is that we, we don't have funding uh, for a book or anything. So we don't have them in Braille. We would have to translate um, the instructions into English, but two of us are professional translators. So that wouldn't be a problem. And um, I would really love to share some of um, the drawings with you, Kim, to see um, what you make of them. <laughs> If, if you like them. I, um, I would be delighted. That would be fantastic to do that. And maybe, you know, if you can translate the instructions, that would be, that would be great. We could post them on the website, which is where you can find the other drawings that are available. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think I put that URL in um, my handout as well. So um, yeah, I think that would be great. And, and I'm excited. I have not heard back from the folks in France yet, but I was approached about a year ago um, and the um, an organization in France is translating my book into French. And I was very honored about that because it just seems like a real full circle to have a book about Braille and using Braille in French. So there's just something sort of synergistic about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think for us, um, it's interesting um, because we just started it because we wanted to do something good. We wanted to share something and uh, just be able to do something that's useful after all the lockdowns. Yeah. And we didn't it's know much about it. So we didn't, we just, um, we decided to accept um, everything. Well, we, we've got three um, blind members of our group and um yeah, I think three or four sighted people who look at each picture and um, mm -hmm. we publish them if two blind people um, like the picture and um, uh, also most of the sighted people. So we, we've, de we've decided to um, check them in a way that we, we say um, we recognize what's in the picture. Um, but uh, not everyone has to like each drawing because right. we've got so many of them that um, there will be something for, for everyone. So we don't judge them in, in such a strict way. Right. It's just um, to give people an opportunity to exchange um, drawings and uh -huh. um, yeah, to get well, uh, to have some sources, especially for, for teachers who mm -hmm. um, we have many um, so volunteers. Your, um, your process of um, sort of almost validating a drawing um, is very similar to what, what I do. When I create a drawing, I, um, I show it to several sighted people, hoping to get the answer that what I created looks like what it was in my, in my mind and that they see that. Um, and that's important because I think part of, the, part of the excitement for the blind person that creates a drawing 
is being able to show it to someone and have it be recognized instead of showing it to someone and they go, oh, that's so cute. That's so wonderful. That's so nice. And they have no idea what it is, but they don't want to hurt your feelings, you know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, and then I also show it to some Braille readers and I ask other, a couple other Braille readers to take the draw the instructions and to create the drawing. And then I make sure that they did it correctly, that it made sense to them and that somebody else could look at the finished product and say, I, I think I know what this is. It, it looks like a Christmas tree or whatever it is. So I like them to be very clear and distinct, but, you know, as some of the drawings get more, more detailed in my book, there, there is an angel. So um, in the holiday section, um, there's the frilly Christmas tree, a, a bell, and an angel. And the angel is probably the hardest drawing in the entire book. It's very detailed, very, um, the wings are very frilly and the gown is very flowy. So there's a lot of detail in that drawing and you use a lot of different characters to, to make the different angles. And um, so she's got a halo and all that. Um, and it's a very intense drawing, but it's it does take all those effects into into play. We're going to come to Terry Ann next, and after Terry Ann, we're going to come to Alan. Uh, Terry Ann, you are good to go. Hello, everyone. Um, two points that I wanted to make. Number one, I've never had I've never had any vision, so I don't have any visual memory, and I've always had a difficult time recognizing what I'm going to call three-dimensional items that are presented in two-dimensional uh, pictures like what we're doing here in Braille. But I think using your book would be helpful to someone like me to have a better understanding of that third dimension that we don't really see as a person who's just feeling something. Uh, just uh, trying to identify something tactily. And the other question I have is, is there, um, I, I guess, a concept? So are there certain symbols that you would never use in making Braille drawings? Or is there a concept that, so once you learn how this whole thing works, doing even most difficult pictures becomes easier because you get the, you, there's, you understand the method to your madness, so to speak. I, I think that's true. Um, I think there are, I don't think there's any character I wouldn't use because sometimes, um, you know, one of the, one of my favorite pictures that you can do is you can make a Valentine heart, um, and it only requires about five, maybe six different characters and three lines to do it. So um, there, and I think those show, you know, a heart, but that's a symbol that many of us, you know, you've probably seen a heart-shaped box of chocolates or a heart necklace or something like that. So it's that kind of a symbol gives you more to reference because you have more life experience around it. But I've always been an advocate about tactile 
graphics, tactile drawings, that there should never be an assumption that just handing it to somebody, if they can't read it, that that's on them. Because there really has not been enough training of blind people how to read them, how to interpret them. That goes into the tactile graphics area as well, that they teach kids in school how to interpret tactile graphics. But there isn't a whole lot out there that helps blind adults to know how to interpret a tactile graphic or a picture. So I, I really am an advocate for seeing more of it. And the, the worst thing you can do in a tactile picture or graphic is, is get too involved and then we can't make out the distinction of what it is. And then, you know, well, don't you understand it? Well, no, I don't understand it. So it is absolutely not on us. It's, it's that there really has not been the, the right kind of instruction for adults in particular um, to know how to do or, or interpret ta tactile graphics in so many cases. Thank you, Tarianne, as always. Gonna come to Alan now, and after Alan, we're gonna come to James. Uh, Alan, you are unmuted. Excellent, good evening. A um, few small points. First of all, when I started doing some of these tactile pictures probably 30 years ago, and then I got hold of uh, Kim's book, uh, excellent ideas. Then we had the idea of putting some of them on the like sticky bite plastic. So when it was actually written out, punched out, the dots came up as white. So they looked very visually pleasing for visitors to the Blind Society and even just visitors to our home. So a very good contrast and examples of things we did. That's a great idea were things like the Eiffel Tower. So we got the shape of the Eiffel Tower and it looked uh -huh. as though it was lit up on the night sky with the black. I also done checkers boards and the same thing. So we got the black and white stroke squares, even though they're not exactly square, but we could actually yeah. play uh, chess and drafts on there. And um, many, many other things. But what then got me interested was getting an embosser where we could actually change into a graphics mode and actually move all the line spacing, all the spacing between the cells. And that really does bring the pictures to life. Yes, yeah, it does. It's it's wonderful what you can do with a, with a good graphics embosser. And, and there is a limitation with the Perkins Brailler because of the cell structure, um, which doesn't fill in the lines as nicely as I wish I could do, um, but but you're absolutely right. And that's, I love your idea of using the, the black plastic then writing on it and have the dots become white. I, I designed the, probably the one you're using, I designed the Eiffel Tower drawing um, for the bicentennial of Louis Braille conference in 2009. And everybody who went to that conference, I took, um, I took the tactile graphic and everybody got one of those. And it was like the hot, item at the conference. Did you get an Eiffel Tower? Everybody was so excited about it. Sounds, and I sounds. spoke at a conference in Japan and I did the Tokyo Tower um, as well because it's it wasn't that hard to do because it's it's kind of similar in design to the Eiffel Tower. So I I brought everybody at that conference a Tokyo Tower and they were very excited. So 
sounds that's great. I love your creativity. That's wonderful. Yeah, definitely sounds great. Alan, I hope you don't mind if I chivvy you along a little bit. Do you have no, any other questions or points you wanted to uh, no, wanted to you make? Can, you can move thank on. You. That's fine. All right, no problem. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, as always, Alan. We're going to come to James next. And after James, we're going to come to Ellie. Uh, James, you are good to go. Hello, Kim. Um, so this is this follows on quite nicely from what Alan was saying there. When I was experimenting with tactile graphics when I was at school many years ago, um, I used to like drawing mazes, which are easy because you only have verticals and horizontals. So my question is, do you ever do half lines? Because I always did. So here's here's a here's a square which is almost perfect. So the the Andy that you gave earlier, uh -huh. I, I class that as a rectangle. Uh -huh. So if anyone wants to follow along, almost a perfect square. Top line, P for Papa dots one two three four, C for Charlie dots one four, L for Lima dots one two three. Now turn the roller half a turn. Mm -hmm. And go back to the beginning and do L space L and then turn it up the whole line and do Charlie, Charlie, Alpha, CCA, dot one, four, one, four, one. And now you've got full vertical lines and full horizontal lines. Right. Do you That's ever a, do that? Do you ever do that in your book? I, I have done it. Um, I did do it in my book because it's just, you know, you have to manually do that. That's that that extra step of using doing these drawings manually on the yeah. Perkins Brailler, as opposed to creating them for an embosser to mass produce them, so to speak. Ah, uh, so yes. Good point. That, you can't do that in a mass production, but you absolutely can kind of fill in those broken areas for your lines by doing a half roll. Now, the, the people at Hal Press Perkins would probably say, don't do that. You're not supposed to write on the in-between line. But we all know as Braille users, we do things like that. So. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, thank you, James. Great question. Is that and, James uh, Bowden, by that the is, way? That is James Bowden. Uh, the, pleasure the... to talk to you. I've worked with you in the past on Braille issues. So nice to chat. It is the one and only James Bowden. It um, is. <laughs> so, uh, la probably last, but definitely by no means least uh, for questions this evening, we have Ellie. Uh, Ellie, you are good to go. Okay, hello. Um, I love your book. I've been using it for like years. It's really handy. Um, and the sight of children in my class at Golden Time, and like, can I borrow your brain, really? Can I borrow your brain, really? Can I borrow the um, print drawing with your Perkins Brailler book? And I'm like, okay, you can borrow it for the golden <laughs> time to do it. Um, yeah, so I was just going to ask some questions. So um, first, how do you think of them? Do you have to like do them a lot or can you just like picture it in your mind? I, I kind of picture things in my mind and then I start, you know, to create them. And, you know, I, I work from there and then I, I show them to people and then we tweak a little bit because sometimes I'm off a bit in some of my my concepts. But um, it it really is sort of, a, you know, I want to create something. I mean, I, 
I theoretically have never seen a spaceship, but I, but I, there is one in my book. Um, and it, people say, yeah, that that's absolutely a spaceship. And, you know, I not sure how I knew what a spaceship looked like, but I kind of thought it had a point on the top, maybe an antenna or something. So, you know, they do sometimes need a little tweak because I wasn't 100% perfect on the spaceship, but it was close enough that somebody said, yeah, it looks like a spaceship. If you maybe went out a little over here so I can get the shape a little better. So they they were done in collaboration, absolutely, with with sighted input to, to make it more accurate so that they're clearly identifiable. Great. Um, Ellie, I reckon we've probably got time for one more question. If, if you have one, then uh, I'll hand okay. over to Dave to wrap things up. Okay, so yeah, I've got the, your book like snuggly open on my lap. So I've noticed in the yeah, in there I've noticed you put loads of animals. But I was just wondering, have you ever tried to make any like characters, like popular characters, like Harry Potter characters or something like that? I that's a great idea. I haven't really done too much since I published the book because I have been so busy between, um, you know, my job and my advocacy work, there's not a lot of time for creating a lot of things. So I haven't done as much because people are saying, well, when are you going to do another book? And I said, well, I might have to retire to do that <laughs> because I don't seem to have a lot of time. So that's, that's my dilemma these days. And, and Kim, do, do you uh -huh. want to give us a, a quick idea of where we can get the book? You can get it from um, from Perkins, and it sells for $24.95, $24.95 US. And you can purchase it through Perkins has an Amazon Marketplace store that's perkins.org forward slash products. Excellent. Kim Charlson, you have been a delight. Thank you so much for uh, joining Thank us you. this evening. It's been a wonderful session and uh, a really important subject. And uh, I think perhaps, you know, in the wider world, perhaps something that is a little bit undervalued, um, that the importance of being able to draw and be creative uh, with with Braille in this way is so important for all sorts of uh, reasons. If, you know, none other than to just put a little tactile Christmas tree in your, uh, in your Christmas cards, who wouldn't want to do that? I certainly will be this uh, year so thank you kim and uh, we hope that you will uh, join us again here at the uh, the brailers foundation and uh, we hope to uh, to build on this and thank um, you. maybe we could talk to you again uh, in the future uh, okay. it just remains for me yes kim i i forgot to give my email address and yes. i'm perfectly happy to put that out there um, okay so it, it's it's pretty easy it's my name kim k-i-m dot Charlson, C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N, at perkins.org. So feel free to email me if you have questions as well. Excellent. Kim.Charlson at perkins.org. Uh, it just remains for me to thank uh, Ben Mustle-Rose for your help with the moderation uh, this evening. No and of course all of you for all your fabulous questions uh, without you uh, there wouldn't be any point so we appreciate that from myself dave williams chair of the brailers foundation and the rest of the team until next time bye for now we hope you've enjoyed this episode of brailcast extra you can find more braille related content by subscribing to brailcast all one word in your podcast client of choice 
or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere on your smart speaker. For the latest information about future Brailists events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at brailists.org slash newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at brailists.org slash events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at brailists.org. You can also find the Brailists on Twitter at Brailists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.